dash this pirate monkey in the air who can it be who's that monkey by Kari's knee skyship raiding skywell sailing bop the crowds to the fair away ten pilfer treasure don't break a sweat cast those cars right off the deck this mama said don't make it stress inventing problems in caladesh you toss the trinkets nah that ain't me death right shaman's dynasty mythic monkey make some treasure delva weather apply some pressure caracas stop this you upset it's a two one it's not a threat jerry me hates to see monkey breeze through like a feast too easy all you hate don't get a taste Go down swinging or bend the knee to the newest king of legacy So if you're mad, go tweet for bands But don't act like you're not a fan Either bury your head down in the sand Or hop on in this rango land Don't try to tap out, you'll run into the stage Don't lose the die roll Cause he's legal on the play Don't try to tap out, you'll run into the stage Make another, prepare for a war against his brother. 18 power and a tutor, totally reasonable power booster. Works in lands or standing still, stifle dreadnought or paint the mill. Fetch up the cookbook, chromatic style, perhaps the needle or a welding job. Grab the cage or retrofit, storm the meat the way Kravak did. Organize play with all that lion, post the prize, eyes look like diamonds. Bullshit cons are past the fist with all these constructs passing fist. As for the martyr, dice in a cold of car, hurt the tides, delve the yards, rose water, leaves his bark. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. We're going, we're going in, right? We're going, we're going right in. To it. Well, uh, <laughs> Zach, Zach is going to hop right into the action here. And uh, happy as more in the Marta Dystina Coldacar to you, sir. And an, as, an anonymous Asmodeus to you as well. All right, talk to me. Why are you so upset about <laughs> um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons and the cards and the and the, and the nerds and the, and the stuff? All right, look, obviously, I, I didn't even plan on wearing this shirt today. This is just what I was wearing. This is what I chose. Obviously, oh, a Zelda shirt, but like, come on. Ex- ex- explain your shirt for the uh, auditory listeners for our it's, audience. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a classic Dungeons and Dragons style, like uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, red box style shirt, but it's Dungeons and Ganon Zelda reference. Obviously, um, you'll see that in the video. Um, anyhow, so here here's my issue, right? So let's talk about the Harry Potter set. Let's talk about Strixhaven and what they got right, right? What they got right, right? You what did get they get the, right? You get the the uh, schools. They gave them all names. You know, for the most part, you know, uh, the mechanics are fine. If if you know, completely unforgettable. It um, is almost functionally exactly Harry Potter, but at the same time, yeah. of course. What w- what's the other story that you're going to tell that is uh, world ending, other than somebody trying to take over the school? Sure. 
Um, well, here's the thing, right? Like, how do you traditionally enjoy Harry Potter, Phil? How do I traditionally enjoy? How, how does one traditionally <laughs> enjoy Harry Potter? Oh, they 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 uh, they read the books and they, they read the they, books. They buy, or... they, they buy fake wands and then cast spells sure. incorrectly in Latin. Right. The mo- and the movies. Right. Yeah, it's pronounced um, eternal dirtles, not eternal dirtles. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but did we see any weird like wand waving or books that you had to read on any of the magic cards that were printed in uh, Strixhaven? Did we have to like do a, a pub trivia to uh, to enjoy Strixhaven and Magic the Gathering? I will say that uh, Butterbeer, which was not involved in Strixhaven at all, <laughs> Yeah, that was great. It's an acquired. It's an acquired taste, but if you've acquired it, it's it's quite good. Yeah, you have to acquire it to actually have a taste for it. Right, right. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> you have to. And it's it, for for those who are thinking it's exactly what you think it is. Yeah, you just take a take a stick of butter and drop it in a beer. Yeah, like it's, it's 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 basically butterscotch and beer, yeah. uh, slash root beer, birch beer, whatever. Um, not alcoholic. Anyhow, but like that's what I'm saying. So to enjoy this fandom, um, uh, as as a nod. You didn't have to buy a funky wand, or uh, you know, uh, not buy a funky wand. Let's 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 take it to to the extreme that I want to take it here. Let's say you cast a spell in a in a Strixhaven, and they were like, "Well, to properly cast a spell, you must wave it around your head three times and do this, and that's what does it." Right. So to me, that is the kind of bullshit that they did for this magic set. Uh, for Dungeons and Dragons, because the way you classically enjoy Dungeons and Dragons, minus the books, I love, I, I mean, I read this stuff, um, is you roll 20 side dice, right? With your friends, you roll different, different kind of polyhedrons with your friends around a table, uh, tell a story, you know, uh, I, I'm oversimplifying here, but the point I'm trying to make is this set looks like a magic set that was created by someone who's only ever played Magic, uh, sorry, Dungeons and Dragons. Never played Magic the Gathering except for just saw it happen once and was like, okay, like I I got this. I'm just gonna we'll, that. we'll just do this. So the idea of like the 20-sided die and like the classes just to me weren't handled properly at all. Um they're just like a sprinkling of like, hey, everything's just for flavor. Look, the flavor's solid. I'm not mad about the flavor. I think the flavor's fine. You've got the, you know, you've got uh Vecna Asmodeus. You've got Driss Jordan, Brunor. Those are great. To me, that's excellent. Like, I'm super happy with all of that stuff. I'm not mad about the power down. That's fine. It's a standard set. I didn't expect to see a lot of, like, legacy playable stuff. That's why we're not going to really go over the rest of the cards from this set. Because there's un- unless unless I'm missing anything, there's really nothing else to discuss as far as, like, legacy yeah. playable stuff. Maybe I one mean, or two cards, which we'll talk about later. It is pretty much just exactly what... Like, this could be equivalent to a Modern Horizons set if they just lopped two to three mana off of every spell. Yeah. So every, every, every spell in this set, by comparison, is, like, either has, like, a bunch of um, gatekeeping checks. That's, that's my cat in the background. A bunch of checks, like, only use this once per turn, only allowed once per turn, only activate as a sorcery. There are a lot of safety valves in this set that are just absent from anything that they power creatures. Recently. How about we bring up uh, dis- Dungeon Descent real fast and talk about how that that card is like a master class in like worst rare in the set. Like if you were to make a bad a bad rare in a set, like 
that you could do no no worse than this card. Uh, let me find it real fast. Dungeon Descent is so it's a land that comes into play tapped. Um, it taps for colorless mana. Then you can tap four mana, it and an untapped legendary creature, and venture into the dungeon. So basically, you're getting the most minor of bonuses if you spend four mana, tap one of your creatures. For this land that comes into play tapped, you had to devote space in your deck to play this card. Like, I wouldn't even want this in a draft deck. You are, you're, you're picking it up too. You say tap four mana, it's tap five mana. Because you got to tap the land too. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that is a resource. It's ridiculous. So look, I'm not mad about the concept of Descent to Dungeons. I think that's good. Could it have been a little bit, little bit better maybe? But I'm not going to go on a tear about that because it's, it's fine. The, the idea that you, you're like crushing the power level of like something like that down so much, the like valves are turned, every valve is closed, right? Like that's what it feels like to me. This, this set feels like it's also like every chance to like go over the top, like, and, and make any one of these cards interesting is just like, no, we're going to make this like, I, I understand making a set that is powered down for like standard purposes. But, like, I honestly don't think many of these cards will see standard play. I don't think any of these cards are... I don't think this set is very powerful. Obviously, nobody does. But I, I'm, I'm going to play a devil's advocate here to Watsi's defense and a rare a rare appearance by uh, Phil coming to Watsi's defense. Mm -hmm. I think this set was very clearly powered down because it's a crossover set with D&D. So they anticipate a lot of new players trying this set for the first time. And so they powered it down... Uh, so as to not have too many like runaway or blowout games that would otherwise turn people off. Yeah, now, but that, here's now, the thing loose. is like you get stuff, I get loose, you get stuff like, my... I mean, like there's plenty of cards in here that like as, as like if, if this set had come out in 1995 when I started playing uh, Magic, right? I was already a D&D &D player. I've been playing D&D &D for two years. Magic, magic uh, gets introduced to me. I'm playing the set. OG Magic, everything I saw in OG Magic, I was like, you know, Alpha, Beta, Unlimited, Revised, Fourth, everything I saw in that, I was like, so excited about. I was just like, this is cool, and this is cool. This, I would find this set cool as a, as a uh, person who's never played Magic and, and is looking from a D&D &D lens, right? I think that's but, exactly what they went for. But, you know, I'm, that, that is not the only people who are buying these cards. So like, especially because there are people like me, like you're on the other end of that, Phil, like you're a magic player. Do you feel like you want to play D&D now? Uh, I don't really have much interest in playing D&D, but I don't know what, like if they printed like these, if they powered these cards to absolute chaotic shit and broke every format with it, I also don't know that I would have been interested in playing yeah. no, no, D&D no. anyway. So. Agreed. Um, so here's, here's the thing. So uh, I know I talked about the, the Harry Potter thing, Let's just flip the script real fast. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't purchased the um, any of the Magic the Gathering supplements for Dungeons & Dragons, so I'm going out on a limb here, but I'm pretty sure this is the case. Um, you don't have to, like, build a deck, right, in, uh, in, in Dungeons & Dragons to play in the Magic the Gathering sets, right? Like, you don't have to do any of that stuff, any of the... Core I mechanics have. of Magic the Gathering aren't like flooded into um, your your ability to play in a, in a Magic the Gathering setting in D and I would just assume that the powers that are granted to creatures and planeswalkers in Magic, you can 
cast and play with as a like whatever you are right? a D&D, yeah. Yeah, it translates over in that in that game's like that's functionary status. That's what I would presume, yes. Yeah. As a game designer, this this like roll of d20 for everything, I get what they're trying to do. They're doing it so poorly and you shouldn't have to. Like what, you what should, would you do instead? I wouldn't the roll of d20 thing is is come on. Like I mean that's D&D's identity, isn't it? But no, D&D's identity is is role playing. So if they really wanted to play that up, they did an okay job with the dungeon master style cards. But D&D's identity is not roll roll a polyhedron like and that's the and that is is it like and to and to, and to that point like magic's identity is is building decks so like they didn't do that for the dungeons and dragons uh supplements for magic the gathering you know like that they didn't go like oh you're in you're in ravnica so like build a deck and join a guild you probably joined a guild what, what it, so if you wouldn't use the d20 what would you have done instead to uh, instead of a d20 instead of the d20 mechanic just rolling dice i mean d20 is obviously for the flavor it could have if they wanted dice rolling they could have made a d6s but it's d20 for for D. what would you have done on all those cards instead it, I, like so, what's an element of D that they yeah are i don't missing know that, that i would like to see instead built the same cards with a different contra- uh set but like what i would have done is um okay so you've got a butt ton of spells in in uh dnd literally books and books and books and books and books of spells they did magic missile they did uh you know we've got nods to mordecai uh sorry morden canaan's uh magical watchdog that's cool that stuff's neat but um what i would have done I, I hate the class cards i really hate them so the one thing i would have changed is instead of doing it like that, I would have done them in the same style that they did the dungeons. Wait, um, why do you hate the class cards? They they don't have any real impact on the game in the same way that like I don't feel like so as a planeswalker, I'm not a a planeswalker monk. Like that's not like or a planeswalker paladin. You're a wizard, dude. Like you're planeswalkers are wizards. Like every planeswalker is a wizard of some kind. You know, maybe you're a sorcerer, maybe you're a necromancer. Uh, maybe you're an illusionist, you know, but it's all magic. It's all like, it, you know, maybe you're a warlock, you know, which is a slightly different class. But like, at the end of the day here, you're not a monk uh, or a paladin or a fighter. Like that stuff, I guess you can like meld that in. But what I would have done was given you the option, and this is going to kind of go against what I'm just saying. But I'm going to give you the option of um, gaining a level, right? And so when you gain a level, just like venturing into the dungeon, um, you pull out one of your class cards, right? And for that, for the duration of the game, you're now leveling in that class. So the first time you do it, you're choosing a class, right? And now um, every time you do something that levels you up, and it's got to be different for each class. So like if it's monk class, it's like every time you draw a card and gain a life in a turn or something, you know, or like paladin class, every time you stop a creature from, uh, a creature enters combat and doesn't die, you know, stuff like that, right? Flavorful stuff that does happen in games, you know, uh, fighter is like a creature dies, you know, that you, that you had direct influence on or something. Anyhow, every time you gain a level, you get like another bonus, right? The best part about D&D, the part of D&D that I, I personally love the most is building a character. And that is not something we're doing here, Phil. We're not building characters. 
That's my so favorite you're telling part. Me- favorite part of D and D is build build your character, min max your character, whatever. Then you're gonna have cards that um. So you don't know th- these terms, but there's multi classing and dual classing in D and D. Dual classing uh is basically when you stop leveling in one class and you mm-hmm. start leveling in another class. Um, so like I'm a fifth level fighter and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm sick of this job. I'm gonna be a wizard now, right? And you just go on to be a wizard. Then there's multi-classing. Multi-classing uh, has changed a lot over the years. Um, it used to be like you would have a, a like you could be like up to three different classes and you just level slowly. But you'd have like, when you hit level two, you were like level two in each of those classes. Um, then it became a thing where like every time you gained a level, you could choose which thing to go with. And then like uh, you could basically only go up like one or two levels above the other ones. So you could slowly like gain... But like cards that do stuff like that, to me, that is the that is the quintessential Dungeon Dragons experience that we're absolutely not getting here. We needed companions. That that's a whole that's a ranger thing. We needed companions that were basically emblems. So you acquire your companion, get an yeah. emblem, and that gives you an ability. Yeah. Look, and that's and that's fine if you're doing like a parasitic thing, right? Like, uh, if you're doing the what's it called uh if you're doing something like like venture into dungeons minus like one or two interactions that we just kind of found out about thanks to a lauren or zombie rooftop storm the dungeons are fine like it's not you know no one's going to abuse dungeons for the most part except for, except for one card that seems like it's going to abuse dungeons um the, 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 yeah there's going to be the handful of people in the world that are like i have these allurens I need to use them now. So sure. a, a large trajectory price tag over the last year has uh, doubled. So uh, if you are interested in playing your A plus B Aluren combo, yeah, uh, you know, get it, get it, we're, get it. We're gonna need to get those Alurens now. They're on the reserve list. So yeah. uh, don't. Here, here, you want to know the, the thing that I really want? I, I know nothing about D coming into this set, uh, but the thing that I actually did want after they started spoiling cards was they spoiled the black book, and then they spoiled the white book. You know, I'm looking at the white book right now, the book of exalted deeds. I want the blue, I want the book of the wizened wizard. Give me the blue book. Well, you got the wizard spell book. Yeah, but that's a seven mana spell that I can't enjoy. Yeah. I want the also, blue, blue, blue spell that does something relevant. Come on now. Man, the thing that I hate about the wizard spell book too is like, you get that at level one. Why is it a seven mana thing? I understand the rules connotations behind why that needs to be seven mana. But like, as a wizard, you start out with the spell book that's your first that's like you have a spell book and you have parchment and you have like a staff or a dagger and you're a wizard now harry there you go you know mm-hmm. so to have to pay seven mana it's just like what um i think they did an okay job with the like the, the named spells like you know magic missile stuff like mind flare like mind flare perfect that's exactly what mind flare does it's a three it's a three three uh control magic on a on a guy that's fine that's what my What's players dem- are what what is the flavor of the demolich in D? does uh, the dracolich no oh, the, 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 no, demi-lich. the, the- you know i don't know a ton about them uh I, I, from what i understand so demolich is like a higher level lich um let me just double check that i'm right about that while you're doing that, I'm going to talk yeah. about the 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 uh, four mana four three that. Oh, uh, so yeah, Demi Lich is a lich that no longer needs its body. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 blue 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 four three that uh, 
costs a blue less for each instant of sorcery that you play, and then you can uh, essentially escape this uh, clown for uh, by exiling four instant and sorcery cards. This card's bad. So I've, I've been seeing it's, people it's talking good. about this. They've been talking about like this is potentially a legacy playable card, and it is not. It is way too like. I get that it's free. It can be free, but that you, is free. Assuming you that you've hit really storm four, yeah, it's storm four, and it's not storm four on uh, like zero mana rocks. It's storm four on instance and sorceries. And then if you get it, it still dives to everything in the format. And if you put in a lot of work dumping your shit all over to get a demi lich into play, and then it payoffs on attack. Now I get. I've been burned before when I say a card comes in <laughs> and attacks for value. But Ooh. I feel pretty safe with this one. And blue's my thing. Like I want, I would, I would love to have this thing be real. But to be like, all right, I have played a bunch, I've played some rituals and I've cast some spells and I'm even on cards, but now I'm gonna cast this Demolich for free. And then I'm gonna say, okay, well, what does that do? And then you're gonna be like, all right, so here's what it does. And I'm gonna be like, actually, you know what? Swords it. And yeah, then you're gonna be like, exactly. ah. So to, to give you the full scope of what a Demi-Lich is real fast, yeah. uh, uh, despite it, the name, a Demi-Lich is not a lesser Lich, but rather a Lich who has evolved beyond its need for, for its undead body. Uh, great Wizards and Sorcerers usually become Liches, just regular Liches, in order to introduce, uh, in order to continue their pursuit of magical, uh, of magic beyond death. Um, Demi-Liches are those close to reaching the end of their arcane journey who understood the nature of magic and reality in no way a mortal could conceive so so the phylactery is like a thing i don't know are you are, so we know about phylactery lich that's yeah. the thing that exists so phylactery is sort of a, this uh thing that uh basically like you can't murder a lich because it's undead and it will right. just like kind of rise back up um sure. but uh, it has a phylactery and if you get rid of the phylactery um by you know some means uh that's what kills the lich um it's, but it's, that's that's where J, jk rowling got the uh idea of horcruxes off of yeah off of demi liches yeah <laughs> off of liches uh for sure but yeah, yeah that and also the thing that really really pisses me off yeah. is that demi liches have like super resistance to magic to the point where they like only like uh, a whole like a strong holy spell, a uh, dispel evil, or like um, uh, a shatter, which you know kills kills artifacts in D and D too. Um, those are the only things that can like kill a a demi lich, and that is not the case here. Yeah, I think they were trying to capture that flavor and the fact that it can like keep coming back, but mechanically it ends up being so that it's unplayable. Yeah. Although I guess if you just go metamorphose, metamorphose, metamorphose plus spell plus this thing, that's I guess that's fine. Yeah. I mean, no, at no. that point, you could have just cast it. You could Manamorphose, Manamorphose, and just cast it. So I'm actually surprised about Grandmaster of Flowers. You want to give me a little background on what that, that character yeah. is? G Grandmaster of Flowers is the god Bahamut, um, who, who we all know from uh, Final Fantasy VII. But, uh, no, Bahamut, Bahamut, Bahamut sounds like, like a filet of something that I could order at a fish restaurant. Yeah. Uh, well, Bahamut, yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, Bahamut uh, is actu actually comes from the... Uh, Sumerian, and it's one of the just like Tiamat does, and uh, they were two two of the bigger monster gods in uh, Sumerian mythology. Mm -hmm. That said, um, in D and D in the Faerun pantheon, they are uh, two opposite sides of the dragon pantheon. So um, Tiamat is evil dragons; those are the prismatic dragons: red, blue, black, green, white. Right, 
And Bahamut is the uh, chromatic dragons. The chromatic dragons are good guys. So gold, silver, copper, tin. I don't fucking know. Silver, again, aluminum dragon. So uh, those are the good, the good dragons. Uh, and basically, this is the, the idea here is that this monk is actually Bahamut. It's, it, this monk is God incarnate. Is, is the dragon god, which yes. is very like, it has notes of, um, what's it called? Uh, of uh, Tarkir, right? Like, yeah, for sure. The monk is a combination. This card is a combination between uh, Sarkin, Sarkin's dragon ability that levels up and the original Nista that would tutor up an elf that yeah. you had to put in your deck. What is, explain to me what the uh, significance of the Monk of the Open Hand is as to why they had to make it a card that you have to put in your deck to play with this card as yeah. opposed to just making a token. Okay, I don't know why they did that. Not gonna, I'm not going to speculate. Um, Monk of the Open Hand is like a particular build of a character type you can do so like you can be you know like when you choose your class you're like okay i'll be a half elf monk and then like you can specialize your monk to a different like order and open hand is just one of those orders that's okay. all so it's there, there, there isn't like a, a big notable thing that like there the, were just like monk of the open hand must be a card and then it has to connect to the Grandmaster of Flowers in some in some capacity. There's no, like... I mean I'm sure monks of the open hand probably like worship Bahamut or something like that. Mm. Um, I mean more more is is to me like one of the more cool flavorful cards of this set, but also like six mana planeswalker is unplayable. So yeah, now now we know that in uh, the next unset we're gonna get a silver border Gary Gygax PhD that's also gonna make us play mental magic. Except I, we're gonna have to uh, role play as well. Yeah. Oh God, please don't do that to me. Have you? I don't know if you've seen the uh, the video of the guy role playing, uh, uh, like the like role playing magic against his opponent. Have you seen this? No, dude. I, I don't think I want to. Obnoxious. That's not how we play magic. Yeah. Is it by we? I mean everyone. I. You know how there there are sometimes there are card names that just get you where you're like, oh, there's mechanics that exist in the game that now you know they can't use this name for, but it would fit really well. There are such things as trap cards in, in Magic from uh, Zendikar. Yeah, of course. And there's there's a card called Check for Traps that has nothing to do with traps. <laughs> right. Missed opportunity. What, how do you feel about the other parts of uh, the Vecna cycle, the hand and the eye? So I, I'm not, I don't hate them. Um, Instant I, Speed Equip, been a long time since we've seen that. Yep. Instant speed equip is cool. Uh, yeah, equip, pay one life. Hand of Vecna is at the beginning of combat on your turn. Equipped creature, uh, equipped creature or a creature you control named Vecna gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is the number of cards in your hand. Mm -hmm. And then it has equip two and then also equip pay one for each, uh, pay one life for each card in your hand. But that's so not instant it, speed. Yeah, you can equip it instant speed. It's the same way that you could do it with... Uh, no. Which one? With, yeah. What is, You're it, talking uh, about with... Uh, Skull. Yeah. Uh, skull clamp. Cranial plating. Cranial plating. Crani thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, cranial plating says pay two black, equip. Oh, is equip only as a yeah, sorcery yeah. no matter what? Yep. Oh, that's so much worse. Uh, yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. it's still a man. It's, it's still a mana cheat, I guess. Yeah, it is. It is a mana cheat. I don't. I don't hate this card, and it might see play. Um, but it, it's weird because it's like it's a mana cheat. You've got to be 
going in, right? Like, but we still maybe, haven't seen what the payoff is, right? Like, we know what the, we have the book, we have the eye, we have the hand, but we don't actually have the Vecna guy. Yeah, but well, Vecna is is a token. It's just an eight eight indestructible guy. Oh, that's that's underwhelming. And then he has all of those. All you know, if you kill him, he will have all these abilities. So I assume the token has all those abilities on it. What um, do you think about that? How about the hamster guy? Tell me about the hamster guy. I know nothing about this character. I love it, but dude, he's beloved. I I do I do love him. I think he's awesome, dude. The and his and the token. Go for the eyes, boo. That's great. Dude, I, I I am very excited. Uh, I I made this joke on uh, Twitter already, but I am very excited about seeing the uh, hamster be the next red one drop mythic in MH three. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's just gonna be like hamster every time you do anything give give this guy plus 40 plus 40 i like i appreciate um was it the sol the inferno of the star mounts that's a cool that's a cool one yep i don't think that'll ever be a card that sees play in any format that's not standard or uh edh but that's a it's it's like a cool upgrade to shivan dragon tell me about kalein who is kalein kalein yeah kalein the reclusive painter Oh, I, don't, I have no idea. I, some of these characters are too new for me to know about. So Kalein is actually, uh, so we here on the Eternal Dirtles podcast for many, for many a episode of, in our time, back when uh, ye old Nathan Golia was on the cast with us, we had something that we talked about called the Mardu Challenge, which is, will there ever be a playable Mardu deck in Legacy? Now, the answer is probably no. <laughs> However... And this, this is this is a bold italicized however with a lot of asterisks that like looking back is probably not going to come true at all but clan reclusive painter is a red and a black for a legendary creature one two that when it etbs you create a treasure and then other creatures uh that enter the battlefield get a plus one plus one counter for each mana from a treasure that was spent on them to cast mm-hmm. okay so, so what this if it, i'm looking at this as mardu because you can Pick it up with Caracas to make some treasure tokens every turn. Get a little bit of value. Get a little bit of the value. You know okay. what I'm talking about? All well, right. But now it says with the treasures that you make, creatures come into play with an additional plus one, plus one counter. Well, if there's any, I haven't looked yet uh, because my deep dive on this set has only gone so far. I was trying to figure out a way to make the, the Demi Lich work and don't try it because it won't happen. But Kalein... Maybe there's a combo with Persist off of the treasures that could get in for a cheap combo in Mardu. Uh, maybe, maybe. I'm I'm gonna rank it as a unplayable. Got you, Mardon't. Okay. Yep, that's that's <laughs> most of Mardu. Yep, um, most of Mardu is Mardon't. What do you think about Gretchen Twitch Hollow? Gretchen Twitch Hollow. Gretchen Titch Willow. I said it wrong the first time. It's Gretchen Titch Willow. Gretchen Titch Willow. O four for a green and a blue. Uh, that has four mana, draw a card, and play a land. So for the low, low price of six mana, you can have Grow Spiral. For the low, low price of six mana, you can have the front half of an Uro without the life gain. Yeah. That's, that's, called, that's called getting your Uro the, the, the hard way. Yeah, man. I mean, that's why Uro costs $60 or whatever. Like, if you want to spend that extra mana, All right. you, you can save Who's- some money. Who's going to lose to the deck of many things first in a sanctioned match of legacy you were made oh man hey oh you know if you just said anybody else anybody else i would have said me but i know you 
Yeah, it's unfortunate <laughs> that I like to play the slow control deck where my opponent will always get to do what they want, uh, yeah. unfortunately, because, uh, uh, yeah, I, I anticipate losing to the deck of many things in a way <laughs> you're that, going you know, to You're going to let it resolve, and it's going to happen on the first roll. Yeah, I'm going to be like, why would, I, <laughs> why would I waste my mana on this card? You can have it. Talk to me about Volo. Who's Volo? Volo is a, a well-known, so I don't know how many of you are out, out there who played Baldur's Gate 3. I'm loving it. Big fan. Uh, not a huge fan of Baldur's Gate as a franchise, but Baldur's Gate 3, excellent. Uh, Volo is a character uh, that is also in Baldur's Gate 3, um, also in the larger D&D universe, um, sort of replaced uh, Elminster as the like known sage uh, for, uh, for reasons unknown. Um, Elminster is the Gandalf of the uh, Dungeon Dragons uh, world. Um, seen a lot, done a lot. Volo is kind of more like the um, the like Ace Cub reporter kind of guy. Like he's more of a Lois Lane type of character, where he's oh, like okay. out there doing stuff, and he's always yeah. like meeting uh, monsters and like. And in, in, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't played. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. If you haven't, you should. Don't worry about it being in uh, in development still. It's great. What you get is worth $60 right now. Let's do it. Um, but he's he's been abducted by by some monsters. And and like it's kind of he, he he's he's like a lovable idiot character, sort of like Fiddlevip. Yeah, dude. He's just like hanging out in a bar with a book in his lap, crushing a butterbeer. Yeah, dude. He's he's a like widely regarded as like either loved or you're just annoyed by the fact that he exists kind of character okay i'm i'm ambivalent here, to him here so here's what volo does is a two it's two green two a green and a blue so four mana for a three two whenever uh whenever you cast a creature spell that doesn't share a creature type with a creature you control or a creature card in your graveyard copy that spell creatures uh copies of creatures become tokens so my question to you is uh level one uh no you're a level 12 judge right something like that all right if i have a vote let, let's say i have a volo on the battlefield somehow it resolved somehow it didn't die and i got to untap it and my opponent is f6 right sure okay those are my given circumstances i follow you yep let's say i have that volo on the battlefield unscathed then it's my turn and i have all the mana and i cast an uro yep i will copy that uro will the token copy etb and sack itself or will it remain oh, so let's say I get, I get let's say i get a copy of each one right mm -hmm. i legend uh rule keeping the token around does the token sack itself huh let's see volo escape mtg we're gonna help you out here uh eternal dirtles listeners that were really excited about casting volo all one of you yeah i'm gonna say that it does stay, but let me look at. I, I want to look real fast at uh, Oro. Yeah, let's 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 say I appeal the first judge's ruling, and it yeah, goes yeah, to the yeah. head judge. Let's look at Oro real fast, just to double check the wording on uh, escape. Escape says, uh, unless it's, it did not escape, so yeah, you sacrifice it. Ah, oh, geez. Okay, yeah. tell me about Orcus, Prince of Undeath. Who's that guy? Orcus is a god. So Orcus is uh, no, he's a demon. Yeah, well, he is technically the god, not the god of the orcs. He's just like a chaos god. Oh, that's interesting. He's or god he, of the, he's no, orc. he's the god of undeath, I believe. Oh, he's the god of yeah, undeath. He's it says Orcus, prince of undeath. Yeah, Orcus, uh, not the god of the orcs. 
Um, okay, t tell me what combo deck you have come up with with Orcus. <laughs> I have, I've not. Have you come up with one? I feel like Orcus is the type of card where if you're going hard enough in your value, like nobody loves a, a dark ritual for not combo killing more than this podcast, right? We're all about like get, get dark ritual into our forking Ashiok or whatever, right? Cheese you. Uh, Orcus Prince of Undeath feels like it's Aristocratian in that it's a 5-3 trampler for four, but then it's also a... Uh, recursion outlet it also is like if you nut it against elves that's gonna feel really good i don't know man i don't think anything else about the set is uh really all that exciting i'm trying to think what other cards that seem interesting there's not a ton like there wasn't like a card that just like stood out to me that's like oh you know like even if there was a card that was like draw a card and venture into the dungeon mildly playable it would know? feel weird if Dude, one of the final payoffs of completing a dungeon is drawing a card. It would feel bad if it said draw a card and then venture into the dungeon, seven more ventures, and you can draw another card. Yeah. Like that's a, but uh, one thing we do know in this set is there is a uh, two one for three mana that says you gain a life and draw a card on ETB, and it's white. It's two and a white for two one ETB, gain a life, draw a card. What's the name of this card? It was a card that was spoiled today. And it is called Priest of the Old Something. Priest of Ancient Lore is what it is called. It says when it ETBs, you gain one life and draw a card. So now, uh, White also just gets... Card draw. Incidental card draw. Incidental card draw on ETB. No, the, no Well, priests. I mean, obviously, a card is worth one life because of, you know, Venerable, venerable uh, Monk. We can just make that, make that assumption immediately. Yeah, dude. No hoops, white just gets card draw. Now, I'm not against it. I just want to know, does that mean that that's part of that part of the color pie now? Just like the same way that black, you have to lose life to draw cards, white is going to be like, gain for a life as a, as a cost, draw cards. Yeah, they could do like a planar shift, like Necropotence, where you gain life and draw cards. Yeah, yeah, you exile, but you have to gain the life instead. Man, a what, card, what a downside. A card worth talking about just for a second is actually uh, Asmodeus the Archfiend. Asmodeus um, is missing like six syllables to be interesting to me. I want him to be Asmodeus Dystina Coldicar. Asmodeus Dystina Coldicar, yeah. So uh, first first things first, Asmodeus, god of, uh, god, god of chaos or something like that. He's he's yeah. a he's a devil. So no, he's, he's a law. Devils are law. Demons are... Uh, he is a devil of, god in magic. Yeah. So um, if I if I were to say Asmodeus, ah, I'm doing it wrong, huh? Um, yeah, I think I I think so, but like, I mean, I only read this stuff. Asmodeus is how I would pronounce it. What if what, what if I pronounced it Asmodeus? Asmodeus. 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 My last big D and D thing was like, you know, that I had running like regularly was like ten years ago. Yeah. Ran a ran a D and D group. Uh, we we lasted like a year and a half, which is as long as I've ever had a group of like six plus people last. Um, you know, people came in and out, but for the most part, we were the same group of people. Um, for Christmas, you know, you can't do Secret Santa. That's silly. There's no Santa Claus in, you know, Dungeons Dragons, but there is Asmodeus, and so we used to do as anonymous Asmodeus for our for our Christmas. Uh, but anyhow. Um, so this is another one of those cards where it's like, 
this might be playable if Grizzlebrand didn't exist. This would not be playable even if Grizzlebrand didn't exist <laughs> because this one says if you would draw a card, exile the top card of your library face down instead. That means that nobody gets to look at it. No one does. And then it has black, black, black activated ability, draw seven cards, which means that you would exile those seven cards. You wouldn't draw yep, them. Yep, yep. And then well, it has black. Unless you could kill it, you could put that on the stack, right? Get rid of this guy, put seven cards in your hand. That's exactly what you want to do after you put your fatty into play is kill it. Yep. And then you have activated <laughs> ability for a single black mana that says return all cards exiled with him to their owner's hands and you lose that much life. So in all the ways that it's worse than Grizzlebrand, it also means that you get a 6-6 six, six with uh, no additional abilities, just a 6-6 six, six beater on the ground. That means you don't, until you pay black <laughs> and lose life. Flying. He doesn't have flying. Why? This Why? means that you, you lose your draw step. You just don't have, like when you draw next turn, that means that in order to have your draw step, you have to pay a black and lose a life for a 6-6 six, six with no upside. Now, the upside is you can pay three mana and kill yourself to draw cards. <laughs> but the difference is we have uh, another demon that just you get to have seven cards for free. Yeah. Just He's the better demon for sure. He's obviously um, the better demon. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, your hands, if your hands were just like bone things, you know, like. So this is as close to Magus of the Necropotence as we've ever seen. Yeah. And I guess we're never going to see Magus of the Necropotence in constructed play. No. It w this is a cool card to like kind of combine with Kirik. Oh, yeah. Kirik well, uh, or Krik? Krik, whatever you Krik. want to call him. Son of, son of Yogmoth. Because if of you could get this into play, right, then you could pay six life, draw seven cards, then take seven more damage. Uh, after you took one, uh, two more damage. So what's that? No, so, seven, so, seven so if, cards. You paid, if you paid the life to activate the ability, so that's six life. Yep. And then you have to pay two more to activate the second part of the ability. So and eight then life. You would, and then you total. would lose. You would lose fifteen seven life. life. You but would to lose fill seven your life, hand. But to, yeah. In yeah, EDH, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, totally. So you want to know? There's another card called Blink Dog. That's two and a white for a one one. And you know what it doesn't do? It doesn't blink. It doesn't, bl doesn't blink things. It doesn't blink. It can phase itself out, but it doesn't call him the phase dog. Don't call it blink dog. <laughs> well, blink dogs are a thing. Um, blink dogs and... Uh, can you imagine if Flicker Wisp... The cat. If, if they came out with Flicker Dog, and it's, <laughs> instead of flickering something, it was like, oh yeah, it gives it vigilance. I'm trying to think of what they're called. Cat... Flare kind of thing, not a mind flare. There are there dogs is, a big thing in D D. Uh well no. So blink dogs and uh uh displacer beasts are like natural enemies. So I'm wondering if uh oh yeah, there you go. Displacer beast return to return uh displacer beast to its owner's hand. Um when it comes into play, venture into a dungeon. Um that they they have uh they're sort of like a a, a racial ethema there, they hate each other. Um, oh, I see. Okay. There's there is a a race war between displacer beasts and uh, blink dogs that that goes on in the background D and D that like is very like you kind of really don't know about that aside from the fact that like both of them have like get like a bonus against the other thing in combat, which is like why would that ever happen? Why would you ever be in combat and be like, oh, weird that this dog and this cat are fighting each other? Yeah, dude, that's uh, how it works. You yep. got to give a shout out to Horde Robber. Uh, it's a one in a black for a one three, so, and it has half of Ragavan's text. 
So if you, <laughs> if you deal combat damage to a player, you create a treasure token. So one less power, but two more toughness for double the mana and half the abilities. I mean, it's a it's a one three. It's got to be almost as good as uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist, man. It's pr- I mean, every time you hit, you get that sweet, sweet treasure. Yeah, dude. Drop that money. Right. So uh, before we wrap up the cash, you want to you tell me a little bit about where you think the, how, how you're feeling about Legacy, the format after uh, another, another week of MH2 being around? Yeah. Oh, man. Because um, I, I asked that question because it seems to me like there isn't going to be any real influence from the D&D set in Legacy other than no. the one person who's going to try uh, the A plus B Alluren combo. I mean, you can have that, but there's no effective way to really tutor out the 5-5 five, five for three. And maybe it could be interesting that like you could play the Alluren combo deck as an AB combo deck, so you can play all the cantrips as opposed to playing creatures, and then you're just trying to like the same way that you would cast show and tell plus thing, you just cast the learn plus this thing. But then it still loses to source the plowshares, so probably not. Yeah, no, I don't I mean if you just make a lore in like a pure value deck, like aren't you just a worse like aren't you basically just a draft deck? <laughs> you know, well, like, it, the, well, a, a is in a is in a similar space as Red Prison, where enough good, just naturally good cards have been printed that there's no more bad cards in the deck except for specifically the combo piece of Cavern Harpy, but that now works with all of your good cards. Yeah. So it's like the same way that like Red Prison used to be like, you know, play the 3-3 Goblin Mog Marshal or whatever to tutor up more goblins. They just eventually printed enough Red Mythics and powerful Red cards over time that now that deck is just all good cards. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm uh, Legacy-wise... I don't know how many like dude like blue red delver looks stupid because you've just got three like nutsoid one drops so that's its own thing I think mm-hmm. you know I think we'll see stuff like I mean it's it's a bummer that like what is the dragon card uh from the other set that like did six damage to a planeswalker like now Oko is around so it's like oh whatever. unholy heat yeah no not yeah, unholy un- heat uh, well, um, un- but unholy, unholy heat exists. Him. It's 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 now getting some it's it's getting its dips into legacy because it's yeah. a hero's downfall for one mana. Yeah, I was talking about uh not dragon's fire. There was another there was a card in this in this set in the D and D set that uh oh burning hands. burning hands yeah yeah burning hands burning if hands green, is two mana deal six yeah yeah if it's green six um true, yeah. true or false uh Urza saga is more likely to get banned than ragavan. I think. They're both gonna find their their spot for a while, and then they are both objectively pillars of the format. Yeah, and they are both pillars of the format in aggro combo and control decks. Yeah, it's tough, man. I just think I haven't so played Dr- against I haven't played against uh, Urza Saga enough to say like it's definitively stupid, but it looks that it's way. It's definitively stupid. Yeah, I've I've played against enough. It is definitively stupid but it looks it looks to be more oppressive than uh ragavan like ragavan is just like okay the format's gonna change people are gonna start playing gunshot if you're not that's your fault just like when people weren't playing uh ways to counter uh treasure cruise either you weren't playing treasure cruise or you weren't playing ways to stop treasure cruise you were doing it wrong i think that's what's gonna happen with ragavan I think the problem with Urza's Saga is that it's a land it's so much harder to interact with, and it just casts the spell. Yeah, it doesn't cast it. It puts it into play. It put even worse. It, it just yeah. tutors it, put it into play. It doesn't go on. It doesn't touch the stack at all. Yeah. Uh, 
So um, uh, I think uh, that if, if I were to put, if I were a betting man, and I am, uh, I would put all my money onto Urza uh, uh, Saga as far as what, what gets banned first. And that's assuming anything gets banned. I think that Watsi just doesn't care anymore. Yeah, I don't think anything is going to get banned. Uh, but I think that Urza Saga is more abusive in that it can go into any kind of shell. Dude, some decks are playing both. <laughs> yeah, no, those decks are probably doing it right. I, I feel like there, there's more counterplay to Ragavan. My issue with Ragavan is how ex how deeply, deeply uh, uh, affected a game is by the die roll with a Ragavan. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're on the draw versus being on the play, the games are, they're, they're just different games. They're yeah. just, di like, the, the way those, it's entirely different games. Get good with at Urza Saga. Urza Saga has shown up in a variety of decks, and I think that there is the illusion there's a lot of different decks in the format right now, but it's really just different skins on an Urza Saga or deck or a Ragavan deck, or, or they're both. From going through the format, discussing the format, and now people like finding arguably like the best decks in the format or like still trying to figure it out, but like settling on certain things that are definitely going to be in the format. There's a lot of different decks in the format, but a lot of them all just do the same thing which is Urza do the thing. Yeah. Or Ragavan just do the thing. So I don't find either card particularly healthy for the format, but it does make me think that um, a card like Urza's Saga that enables the non-Chalice artifact decks would be welcome. But the card Urza's Saga specifically itself does too much. It's insulated against uh, discard spells. It's all uncounterable. It makes the things like on the constructs on the cheap by itself. Let's say you did nothing other than make two constructs and had no other artifacts, and then two to artifact. That means that the baseline that you get is two uncounterable three threes plus whatever artifact you tutored for on a land. So at a base level, at a floor, that is too much, right? Pretty, That's way too much on a land. Pretty good, so yeah. I I think that. Uh, However, if it if if they tweaked some of something of the numbers, if there was a essentially like wasteland is to strip mine, right? Un, unmade card is to Urza Saga. The unmade card I feel like would be a welcome addition to the format, where Urza Saga is just obviously broken. Yeah, but uh, that's uh, as far as I know. I try. I've been trying out the band deck, right? The band uh, band miracles. The like yeah, the band deck that's been like doing a that's been putting up a bunch of results online. It's like the one that's playing four endurance across the 75, just yeah. like all the good band cards, right? Um, yep. And it's like the deck that's like trying to beat up on Delver. I am impressed by all of the people that have been putting up a lot of good results with that deck because the mana is fucking garbage. Yeah, it's <laughs> the mana in that deck is so bad. Like the cards are all like obviously powerful, right? It's just yeah. like generically the best cards in those colors. But the mana is really, really bad. Really, really bad. People who are playing against Bant, its weakness, even though it's playing five basics, is its mana. It wants double green, double blue, and its entire early game is based in white spells. So it needs all of its colors early. Yeah. And if you if you cut them off of a color, they're going to have a hard time casting their spells. Props so. to this deck for only playing uh, three, uh, sorry, four, uh, uh, duels. Yeah, well, it's playing the five basics. So here's another. So I've seen some 
Like a goddamn sociopath. Well, the Bantax were playing five basics and you were incentivized to get your basics because you want to turn on your ice fang quaddles, right? You want Mm -hmm. them to be death touch. But that's another reason as to why the mana is bad. So ice fang is part of why the matchup against uh, Delbert was so good, right? Just having, uh, uh, being able to trade and go up a card is very good, right? But uh, ice fang demanding that you get your basics to get it online early enough is also a reason why the mana is so bad because you have all these double colored spells, but you're incentivized to get your single colored basics to have the stability of your mana base. The deck's weakness is mana. So if you have any trouble playing against that deck, well, the thing is, is it's also like, cut them, cut them off their color. Well, here's the thing though, is it's also very hard to disrupt a deck like that because of its basics, right? Like if, if, if you are concerned about what to play around, a lot of a band player's hand is going to be face up based on what colors they're showing you because their their color intensity is so steep. It's not like uh, a Delver deck where if they hold up a duel, it literally represents every card they could have in their deck, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't need to fear, if I, if, I, if I don't see double green or I can cut them off double, double green, I don't have to worry about endurance. If I can cut them off double blue or double green, I don't have to worry about Earl coming back. If I uh, if they haven't been able to have the luxury to fetch their uh, their basics, then their ice fangs are only going to be one one flyers and not death touchers, right? Like there are all these like small edges that can cost a player a game. Yeah, particularly when you're playing a deck like Bant, where it can't really afford to not spend its mana because it's so mid rangey. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's my rant on Bant. Uh, but I, I found that like I I, I think that that, that 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 deck is not a mainstay. I feel like that deck is just preying on Delver and then it must be losing to everything else if it doesn't specifically find it's like uh, all of its EEs against the deck where EE is relevant because it plays four EEs across the 75. Dude, I'm looking at this deck that is uh, this Teamer Delver deck that uh, came in ninth in a Legacy Challenge and this dude's playing four Bone Crusher Giant. What's that all about? Bone Crusher Giant is just value, bro. I mean, they're playing Spike Field Hazard, which I get because Ice Bank Quaddle, right? Well, no, spike, um, so Spike, so uh, Spike Field Hazard, that card's stock should probably go up because not only does it deal with every threat on turn and one from Delver, that's what I mean. It deals with it deals with uh, DRC, it deals with Ragavan, and it deals with Delver. But additionally, it deals with Uro. Yeah, it's so when true. It ETPs, you it's spike true. it, and then it'll exile because that's no. the damage on itself. So they'll still get the life, they'll still draw the card, but you traded up two mana and got rid of the threat for good. Yeah. And then incidentally, it also is just another land if you happen to be in a, a matchup where like you're both wasting each other or something. So yeah. it, like a lot of people were saying like, you've got to play Gutshot, which you probably do, right? Because you're going to get days to lose because you lost the die roll a bunch. But Spikefield, if you don't want Gutshot because you're like, it's too narrow because it only deals with that matchup and like elves and gabos, but it like sucks against everything else. Spikefield hey man, has, sometimes, might actually be the way Sometimes you just want to... Ping your opponent for a point. You want to ping your opponent, but the, I, I think Spikefield Hazard has enough utility against a bunch of the best decks in the format in that, A, it's an additional land drop if you need that, right? So you can play your bigger spells like right uh, uh, Bone Crusher. Like Bone Crusher it, Giant. Which is just a good value, right? Like you're you're usually going to mm-hmm. trade with a card and then it's a, another 3-2 that's going to punish them on the back end, right? The same way that like playing Brazen Borrower is just value because Adventure is just tacking on a two-for-one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think Bone Crusher is probably underplayed for the value and quality that it gives you. Uh, what happens when you are playing Ragaban, you hit your opponent's Bone Crusher Giant? Do you, can you then get that? If you're playing Ragaban and then get their Bone Crusher Giant? 
yeah do you can you like can you uh play stomp and then like get bone crusher giant and put that into play or like how does how does that work so uh considering that Are you're you going level, on an adventure level 12 judge i i would <laughs> i would ask you that question but i can quickly look up what this would look like so you're asking if if you cast stomp, if you go on an adventure with stomp right uh with your opponent's uh bone crusher giant can you d- does it go into your like storybook zone or whatever the hell it's called it goes into exile you're asking if if because you cast the stomp if it would go into your exile zone or if it would go in the owner's exile zone that's what you're asking right yeah i guess i mean i guess it would definitely go into their exile zone so i i, have... I think the answer is no you can't do that I would also assume that the answer is it would go into the owner's exile zone and they would get to cast it, but let's find out. So Bone Crusher Giant, on the adventure, you cast it for Stomp. Let's read rulings on adventure. Adventure is uh, the thing, right? It's about, yeah, this is an adventure question. Uh, okay, it's a great, it's a creature in every zone. We all know that. When casting the spells an adventure, you use the alternative characteristics, great. If a spell is cast as an adventure, its controller exiles it. It doesn't say it's owner. It says it's controller. Okay. So my guess is, based on that wording, it's controller, not its owner. That means that if you were to steal it off a ragavan and stomp something, you would then, it would go into your exile and you would be able to cast it from exile. Because uh, it, says it's, it says it's controller of, of who cast the adventure, not the owner. Something to, I mean, that's something to know in, in this uh, ragavan world. That that would, if, if people start playing with Bone Crusher Giants or Brazen Borrowers, that question would, definitely come up because that yeah. that will happen a non-zero number of times with a ragavan for sure that's actually a really interesting question but yeah the wording on adventure is if a spell cast as an adventure its controller exiles it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard as it results so they use both the controller and owner in that sentence and those are different things which means yeah. that if you steal it you are the controller of that spell so it would go into your exile and then it says for as long as it remains exiled that player may cast it as a creature spell so yeah, I think if you if uh, more power to Ragavan. Sick. Sick. We did it. We broke the format when you're broke playing other cards. We finally broke Ragavan. There we go. Well, I think that's that's a good place to stop. Patreon. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Patreon. Uh right now we are uh we, we've got our gear all our gear up, which is pretty rad. Uh so if you join if you join there, you get you get uh you can join, get the get the gear tier. So you know what you know what I'm, I'm gonna cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch our next uh, our next shirt. Mm. Here's here's our next shirt. Tell me tell me how you feel about this. All right. All right. I'm you you are Mark Cuban and I am in the Shark Tank. Oh okay okay all right. As a fan of uh, exquisite uh, noun and noun T-shirts as uh, such as you are, uh, Zach Clark. How Both about nouns. how about Eternals and Dirtles? <laughs> like Dungeons Just and Dragons, the turtles and, and turtles, <laughs> and then in the of course, of course, in the uh, circus cartoonish font that uh, we all have come to learn and love from Dungeons and Dragons. And then uh, instead of instead of like Ganon and Link right here, it's like it's it's just cartoons of us in clown <laughs> makeup. Yeah, <laughs> me. And, and then Nate, and then and then a pick, and then Nate is also uh, oh, he's like holding the holding the crystal ball. He, he, he's he's like looking at us like oh god, unearth Arcana. He's like oh no, <laughs> he's just he's just so ah uh, yeah. You know? he, he gives off he's giving off that vibe. Well, we're like being clowns. 
What do yeah. you think? I think that I think that T-shirt would sell. I think we can. I think we could try it. Eternals um, and Turtles. You yeah, heard so, it first, dude. On the back, we can say we are the ones who made Ragaman good. We'll just take credit for it. <laughs> yeah, we made um, it good. Yeah. So, uh, like I was saying with the Patreon, um, you know, obviously supporting us there is is awesome. Uh, liking Tell and subscribing to the YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel, uh, which is like YouTube slash Eternal Dirtles now. I finally got that changed. Obviously, uh, subscribing to the podcast on Anchor or on any of the thousands of places you can hear the podcast. Awesome. Please do tell that as well. Tell, tell your friends. friends. Don't play Legacy. Tell, tell, as we used to say in at the old restaurant I worked at, when you change the shoot, when we change the soup, tell your friends. Tell people that aren't your friends and tell your enemies. And then uh, <laughs> it might confuse well, them. And then uh, we'll 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 figure out. Tell us the other content that you 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 want other than uh, how to make Ragavan good. And yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try. Well, that's the beauty of the of the Patreon is that now now uh, Phil and I are actively involved in the Discord. So when you join the Patreon, you get a link to the Discord and you can join uh, join us on the Discord. I want to say uh, we just had a new patreon subscriber i wanted to make sure i thought i, I thunk him also hit hit us up on uh twitter with any of your brews still left over from nh2 uh i have been losing a lot in my leagues i'm, I'm like oh fouring and oh fiving a lot of leagues zach and nate know the the deal because i, I send them a screenshot of every oh five that i have and uh, it's not good it's not good I'm trying to make miracles work but urza saga crushes it by itself so we gotta we gotta branch out we gotta try new things and, uh, you know, if we're telling you how to make Ragavan good, then you tell us uh, how to make uh, five O's happen. Yeah, it'll, it'll help for sure. We'll, <laughs> we, we would appreciate that, that sort, those sort of insights. Although, have you seen uh, the, people have been brewing more with uh, Asmora and Amarika Dicina Coldicar, and those decks look fire good. They look hot. I'm they're, not. They're, they're playing with an Academy manufacturer. So I learned, what that, I learned the name of that card. Yeah, dude, um, I, they play Urza and they spam all those artifacts and then they storm off and then they play Tezra and Asian Abolus and then they kill you. Yep. Uh, okay, uh, Vic Coleman, thank you for uh, supporting us on, on uh, Patreon. He joined on And as more uh, Martica Dicina Coldicar to you. And as more Martica Dicina Coldicar to you, sir. And I think that'll, that'll do it for the night. Thanks, everybody, for, uh, for listening. We'll see you next week. Oh! It's Force of Philip on the track. I got a hot little quickie for you, and I just needed to tell you a message from the heart. Let's go. Turn one, fences drop. No stifle, pass spot. Pass the turn, don't bolt the bird. Grant my mana, juice a three drop. Leah Bolden, whole breaches. Uro, cause nature's reeling. Cotton veils like a sweat in season. Time raveling, feels like I'm cheating. You cast nails, greens and seen Plague engineer, roll, had a screaming. Alex, or a shepherd, turn your team into dinos. But the problem is, now they face extinction. Making one ones, you can peasy. Delvin angler, then cancer's greasy. Petty theft, there's nothing left. Best sign to slip, you get swept. My own tutor said tubes is coming. Make a prediction or think of something i thought so hard but they got seized but i want that game because their brain got freeze ain't the vile you got style death and taxes or espa pile soul hurting and flicker wisping and garden thraving and devil strixing i'ma let you in on a little secret i'm a charming prince got clayton spirits i'm a man of faith and up in the distance is a miracle terminus because god is listening don't be coming at me with your creature nonsense i will terminus the shit out your board you come at me, you try attack me in the red zone, I will miracle right off the goddamn top a terminus. Force a fill out. <laughs>